Hey, hey, beautiful people. Today, I want to talk a little bit about unschooling, or as I like to call it, relationship-based parenting, because ideally, learning really ought to be an extension of parenting. So I got to thinking about this because I posted on my Instagram story this morning uh, the four steps of unschooling. Number one is that other people's opinions of you as a parent do not matter. So many people get hung up in this. They're like, oh, but what are what are my friends going to say? What are my parents going to think? How can I justify the way I'm raising my kids to, to, my, to their grandparents, to their aunt? Like, just stop. You don't need to do that. Um, once you have a child, the, the people in your orbit ought to be looking at you as a competent, functional, like, parent. They shouldn't be continuing to treat you like a child or, you know, like you're inept or something. Um, they had their chance and now it's your turn to for them to honor you as a capable human being with your own child. Imagine that. Um, other step is that if something is important to learn in order to be a functional adult, we can trust that it will be learned. Um, and I mean, rampant stupidity in our culture, notwithstanding. Um, generally speaking, um, when we raise children in an environment where they are model, you know, they are, are seeing their parents and the other adults in their world as like, you know, functional, uh, responsible, healthy people, uh, they will eventually get curious about, huh, what do I need to find out to be able to do life, you know, in a functional way? The timeline of this stuff doesn't really matter. I mean, because things can be learned at any stage in life. For instance, I learned to read when I was two and a half. Yes, not making that up. I mean, like anything. I was reading novels. I don't remember not knowing how to read. I remember being shocked when I went to kindergarten that other kids also, that, that other kids did not know how to read. I, it really, I, I knew how to read from the very get-go. And my parents really thought that would be like a great advantage to me. How did I learn? Well, they taught me, of course. But in the grand scheme of things, a child that learns to read at two versus a child that learns to read at six or nine or even like 11 or 12, you won't be able to tell the difference once they are in their 20s because uh, when you learn to read has less impact on you, on your trajectory of growth than how you feel about reading. Because let me tell you, I read everything from the age of two until I was about like nine or 10. And then I was like, fuck books fuck reading, fuck learning. I hate it all. And I didn't really pick up books for pleasure again until I was like 20. So because there was a huge lull where I, I recognized that, hey, wait a minute, this is some kind of hoop jumping performative crap. People want me to do this because they're like, oh, it's proof that she's smart or that she knows what she's doing. And like, you know, they were the people in my world when I was 10 were like, oh, she could probably read War and Peace if she wanted to. Wouldn't that be great? And I was like, nope, I'm done playing your game. Not interested. So there were 10 whole years, like between 10 and 20. I didn't really read anything unless I was forced to uh, versus my daughter 
learn to read at nine. That seems, you know, late. Oh, no. But she wasn't in school, and so it didn't matter. Nobody was, like, harping on her that she was behind. Behind what? Behind nothing. Because she was on her own timeline, and it didn't matter to anyone. And so eventually, she got, you know, she was bitten by the bug of curiosity, and she started reading with Harry Potter books, and she ended up reading the Harry Potter series. I I don't even remember how many times over she read it. Um, she was, and still is, fully immersed and engaged in reading for pleasure. And, you know, she at 14 years old now, she has the time and the space to be able to read whatever she likes. And so she can immerse herself in a world of creative reading, you know, inspired reading, interested, connected reading that I missed out on when I was 14 because I was busy saying, screw this, I don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> because she was given the freedom to choose her interests and I was being pushed toward academic excellence. So the timeline doesn't matter. That's my point. We can trust that if something is important to learn, it will be learned. Um, the next thing is that desire is the key factor in whether we learn something deeply and effortlessly or not learning it at all. Energy flows where attention goes. It's not really our job as parents to constrain that attention or redirect it. I get so many people, um, you know, new parents who are new to homeschooling um, or who ex are exploring self-directed learning, unschooling, however you want to say it. They're like, well, if I let my child do whatever they want, they're just going to play video games all day or they're just, you know, they're obsessed with this one thing and they're like, they're only going to play Minecraft. They're never going to learn anything else. And it's like, is that really true? Because um, what if you dropped all your judgment around what they are choosing to do and gave them the freedom to fully explore their interests? Because all these things are kind of like a pendulum swing. If you have been, if they have been wanting to run full throttle at their interest, whether it's like, let's say it's, let's say it's Minecraft. And you have been holding them back repeatedly at like, oh, only a few minutes a day, only, you know, you can't do too much screen time, you know, only after your chores, you have to go to bed, you can't do this. And you have never let them fully immerse themselves in learning about Minecraft, whether it's jo joining, you know, servers or figuring out how to do mods or, you know, connecting with other kids on, you know, on, on servers and things. Uh, there's actually so much richness that they are, are, you know, they feel like they're missing out on. So they want to explore it. And you can't tell what kind of learning is happening. Um, because the fact is, human beings are creative. Like, we are creative creatures. We cannot help learning. You know how, like, if you drop a fish in water, it will swim. Like, it can't not swim. That's what they do. It's not like when you scoop a fish out of a river and drop it in a fish tank. Uh, they're, they're not going to be able to swim because it's new, different water. Oh, no. Like, they might not do well, but fish swim. Same with birds. I mean, if we, like, nobody sends baby birds to school to learn how to fly. They just fly. They learn by doing it. And human beings, I think we have gotten so out of touch with 
who we are, what we are as a, you know, a mammal on planet Earth. We think we're so sophisticated and clever because we have, you know, technology and we wear clothing and we're so, you know, removed from the natural world. But the truth is, human beings at their core are curious. We will learn. We can't help it. We are curious and we want to follow our interests wherever they may lead. And somewhere along the line, we decided to get so snooty that we pathologize that. And we're like, actually, these interests are bullshit. And those interests are so much more lofty and correct and like, you know, higher education. So arithmetic. Oh, yes, yes. Good. Minecraft, obviously junk. That's bullshit. Learning is learning. Brain growth is happening wherever our curiosity lies. And it's ridiculous to pretend that that's not true. Your kids might not be learning what some kind of arbitrary, you know, syllabus or system or, um, you know, what, what grade for uh, what your child needs to know. They might be learning different things, but if they're curious, if they're interested in something, you can bet they are learning something from it. And it is our job to release our neurotic paranoias about whether or not it's the right thing. The last thing that we can do to really flourish as parents, especially as unschooling parents, is to model healthy boundaries. Um, I see this especially in the un unschooling community. Again, it's a pendulum swing. I get it. So many of us, especially I think parents who have been drawn to unschooling as a way uh, to raise their own children are coming at it from the opposite pendulum swing. Maybe they were raised very uh, controlling, very, you know, uh, micromanaged. I mean, I know I certainly was. and Because I knew that I would unschool my children before I even was convinced I would have children. I remember in high school, I had already made up my mind that if I ever have children, they will never be forced to go to school. And I was serious. I remember people like laughing at me. I remember talking about that in probably like 10th or 11th grade. I'm like, if I ever have kids, they're never going to go to school. And, you know, unless they want to. And people, uh, people didn't think I was serious, but uh, it's like over 20 years later and I'm still serious. Um, <laughs> but modeling healthy boundaries is really, really important, especially if we're coming at parenting from a place where we ourselves had been like micromanaged and, you know, uh, very strictly parented ourselves because we spent our childhoods growing up in an environment where we had to like, you know, monitor our parents' moods or, you know, be very careful about like following the rules. Because I mean, being, when, when you are raised in a strict environment, you don't necessarily learn why you don't internalize the, the innate, you know, values of your parents necessarily. But what you do internalize is how not to get caught or how to, you know, hide the truth, how to, you know, talk about things in such a way where it doesn't arouse suspicion. Like, uh, it doesn't necessarily, you know, mean that you've internalized these values. And so if you were raised that way, you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, 
But then the flip side of that does not need to be, oh, anything goes, honey. Sure, whatever, you know, uh, 15 popsicles for breakfast and it's okay if you hit me to get my attention and that's fine, you know, do whatever you want to do. Um, because that is also uh, doing your kids a disservice. Um, because we still, we, we live in the world and we have to raise, you know, we have to raise children that are uh, prepared to function in the world with, you know, we're not like creating some kind of fantasy world where everything revolves around them. Um, I think that a lot of unschoolers in their zeal to honor their children, to be, you know, to be different, to do things differently, to, to preserve their child's gentle spirit that maybe they don't realize uh, all the ways in which they are letting their child kind of trample all over other people's spirits. Um, and so modeling good boundaries is a really important way to show that. So for instance, like, you know, this starts in, in, in babyhood, really, and toddlerhood. Like, every baby is going to hit or, you know, toddlers are going to kind of smack at things. And instead of being like, oh, haha, that's cute. Um, you can, you can grab their hands and say, no, thank you. We don't hit. You don't have to do it in a way that, you know, is punishing or shaming, but you can show them from a very, very early age, like, no, thank you. I don't like being interacted with like this. That's not okay. And if we give credit to our children, even when they are very, very tiny, that they can understand us, that they can empathize with us, that they can understand more than society wants to give children credit for, they will rise to that occasion. My children are always, uh, have always surprised me with the level of emotional intelligence as well as you know, other kinds of intelligence. And I mean, of course, there's like, what, 11 or 13 different kinds of um, intelligence, according to some schools of thought. And there's even, uh, not all intelligences are recognized as valid, uh, because of course, public school and whatnot tends to only favor, um, you know, mathematics and like linguistic intelligence. But there's, there's about, there's at least nine other types that are largely ignored in public schools. And in, you know, mainstream academic settings, I should say, because it's not just public schools. It's really, there's public school, but then there's also, you know, if you're doing, if you're like, oh, I'm a homeschooler, and then you have a desk set up in your living room and you have like a chalkboard and you have like curricula and books and worksheets and like timelines and all that kind of stuff, uh, you may not relate to the way that we do uh, learning in our family because it doesn't look anything like that. And it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to. So those are my four tips for, you know, kind of getting started with the unschooling mindset. Um, I had written a lot back when, um, you know, when the world went sideways and schools were closing and everybody was like, oh my God, homeschooling is going to be the new cool thing. So a lot of people were pulling their kids out temporarily. And then, you know, a fair, a fair amount more were like, wow, like virtual school is a shit show. Uh, how do these homeschool people actually do this? And so I had written a piece, you know, kind of some advice about like what kids can do because there's so, there was so much focus and there still is so much focus about like our children are so behind because the schools have been closed and it's like behind what? behind the, all the other kids that were like, what? No, there's no behind. Behind is an artificial construct that 
really has just been made up for for teachers and for schools to kind of like function more smoothly. It doesn't have anything to do with the individual child that is that is your child. It doesn't have to do with oh no, like we missed the perfect window to get them to understand like dangling participles of grammar sentences in the second half of second grade, which would be 11.75 years or whatever. Like, no, that's all bullshit. That is manufactured, fake. It doesn't matter. Like, so here's my permission slip. Let that shit go. It doesn't matter. I promise it does not make a difference whatsoever. And people get so hung up on this shit. They, you know, like there's, for instance, like you get like a progress report or something and it's like, oh, my kid's not doing well in like science. And then you talk about it with them and you're like, oh, honey, we really got to, you know, make sure that your grades are up and like, maybe we should get you extra tutoring with this. What does the kid come away with? Let's think about that. What does the kid come away with? You want to give like your nine-year-old some kind of you know, permanent story about themselves as I'm bad at science or I am bad at math or I just can't do like reading comprehension is like, I'm just not good at this. You want to give your kid a story like that at an impressionable age for, for what purpose? Because there was like two points missing because they didn't do a worksheet because maybe they left it in their desk that one Friday and y'all went to a, a nature hike that weekend and it slipped their mind. But the grades, the grades said it was like two points less. So, you know, we have to worry about this now. Like, no, you fucking don't let go of it. It doesn't make a difference. It's not real. There is so much arbitrary bullshit that is part of mainstream education that in in my opinion is really like profoundly damaging i think it makes people neurotic i think it it is completely artificial because i mean what do good grades even you know really mean like that's okay i'm gonna have to talk about grades in another podcast because grades are bullshit too people but we'll cover that later um but yeah so especially if like if you're coming into you know, an unschooling mindset, a more, you know, freedom-based educational style for your your children, for your child, for your family. Um, please do not worry about <laughs> keeping up or falling behind. Like, you can just ignore those things, uh, pretend, you know, put them on a little boat and push them off into the ocean and forget that they exist because that's about how important they are. So, if your kids are like home with you unexpectedly, oh my God, what are we supposed to do? We have to download some worksheets or something. No, like, please don't try to do school or recreate school. The whole freedom of homeschooling is, you know, this beautiful gift that you can actually, you know, recognize that everything is educational. There's plenty available that is, you know, stuff for kids to learn, even in the middle of just like a normal generic day. They're, they're learning that, you know, the day-to-day -day life of what their parents do all day, that's something. And then they're learning like, wow, this is what take it takes to have the household function. This is what it takes to cook, cook a meal, or this is what it takes to get the laundry done. Or my God, I didn't realize you spent this much time taking care of the floors or the garden or the pets or whatever. Um, 
even if you are vegging on the couch watching Netflix or whatever, uh, there's so much stuff that children are learning, you know, history, cultural literacy. Um, there's art, there's, there's science and cooking, there's, you know, things that you can talk about. For instance, maybe you're making a recipe and you get to talking about that, you know, your, your grandma used to make this food. And then, you know, you have these conversations that maybe you didn't have time for when everybody was going to school and, you know, your kids were not around you as often. I hear so many times, like in the summertime, it's like, oh no, the kids are going to be home. What are we going to do? Like, like, I get that that's, it's difficult when your kids are littler, younger, maybe more, you know, more needy, more demanding. But there is also like, there is a serious, I don't know, deficit of communication that I see with so many families. And I feel like unschooling is a way to kind of remedy that because like, we we are able to have conversations like deep meaningful interesting conversations and they might veer off in all sorts of weird rambly directions but like that stuff is learning too it all counts so maybe like you know you're you're <laughs> maybe a conversation wends around to reminding you of an old song and then you pull up a playlist with a song on it and then before you know it you're like listening to 80s tunes together and your kids are like what the heck is this music and you're like oh yeah this was cool when I was in high school or whatever that's learning that's something maybe you talk about something and you don't know the answer oh no you don't know the answer and you're supposed to be the the teacher of the homeschool <sighs> just look it up on YouTube just look it up increasingly in an age of information the people who are smart are not the people who have memorized everything but the people who know how to access the answers because a lot of times the answers are changing right everything like more and more information is being uncovered all the time pluto is not a planet anymore like it all counts everything is educational lessons and worksheets are such a tiny little sliver of what education can look like everything is educational. If your children are interested in it, then it is worthy of their attention and time. Even if you maybe have some preconceived judgments about it. Um, so I first came to unschooling. I read about unschooling when I was in high school myself, actually. And I was like, man, why weren't my parents on board with this? This would have been cool. But anyway, and then, you know, I I had my first child when I was 18. So I was 17. I was pregnant. I was reading about unschooling. And then he was maybe like three years old. And I was like starting to learn about it more. Um, and this was back before social media, right? So this was like 2003 or something. So like social media wasn't a thing, but there were forums. And I remember posting on the unschooling forums back in the day. And I, re I distinctly remember... I had a big hang up with my kid was interested in Bob the Builder. And I was like, that's not educational. And he should be spending his time. Like, I try to do worksheets with him and I try to make them fun. And like, he just won't pay attention and just wants to watch TV. And like, this is, I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> and at the time, I did not, like, I, I, truly could not get out of my own way to see just how silly I sounded because like my kid was interested in Bob the Builder. There's a thousand different jump off points from 
okay, why are you interested in that? What parts do you like? Did you know this stuff is in the real world too? Let's go check out like some big machinery or let's go in the yard and like have a little shovel and dig some, dig some holes, make some bricks, play in the sandbox. I could have taken it a thousand different ways, but instead I chose to interpret it as, oh my God, I'm messing up. My kid's like only interested in watching Bob the Builder. What do I do? Um, and so <laughs> that was really back in the day, I was really kind of figuring out um, how to how to get rid of all my own baggage around what I thought was, you know, correct and appropriate and the best. And at the time, it took me a while to realize like just how much I had internalized about academic excellence is the thing that matters. And so like, it took me a long time to deconstruct all the bullshit that I had built up around uh, that academics were the only thing that mattered. And, <laughs> and it's really, it's really hard. It's a, it's a long process, especially when, you know, you are someone like me who was raised where an 88 on your report card meant that your birthday party got canceled because it wasn't good enough, like all A's or nothing. And so academic excellence was like totally the thing. I, I also, I remember uh, my first kiddo learned to read at five. And remember, I told you I learned to read at two and a half. I was actually like concerned that he was reading like later than he, you know, maybe was capable of. Like I had a lot of shit to unpack y'all, a lot. And uh, he was actually, I think he was my earliest reader out of all five of my kids. Like I said, my latest reader learned to read at nine, maybe almost 10. But you know what? She still goes to the library and she's reading books right now and she loves them. And, um, and then my, my reader at five, I mean, you can't like, you can't really tell who learned to read early versus late, except for maybe with me, I'm a little bit more neurotic about all this stuff than the average person. Um, because I was like reading ghost stories and stuff when I was five, not like, you know, goosebumps or something, but like, um, I distinctly remember I scared myself shitless with this book called Into the Unknown. It was one of those like advertised on TV, like time life books. Maybe you remember these. Um, I'm aging myself saying all this. I'm 40. Um, but I remember reading like real life unexplained mysteries, like ghost stories when I was probably like four. And I was like, I was seriously messed up from it. So in that case, learning to read so early didn't really do me any favors. But yeah, um, everything is educational. And if you think that it's like, you know, unworthy of your child's time, I, I strongly encourage you to uh, look at what kind of biases might be at play in that judgment, because it is a judgment. And the first step in releasing it is to admit that it is, in fact, a judgment. So all of this to say, you might be worried, you might be wondering what the heck do unschoolers actually believe? So here is my best attempt at unschooling defined. Unschoolers believe similar broad concepts about the nature of children and about the nature of learning. There are plenty of unschoolers who probably disagree on some of the finer points here, but the core beliefs are fairly common ground in my opinion. Unschoolers believe strongly in the innate curiosity of the human spirit from birth. We do not see children as default inferior to adults. We strive to treat 
everyone of all ages as primarily competent and well-intentioned. In short, unschoolers believe positive and life-affirming things about human nature, and we have, or work to cultivate, a large amount of trust in our children as people. We respect and honor our children's feelings, needs, and capabilities as much as is feasible, not just as much as is convenient. We want to balance our kids' legitimate needs and wants with the needs and desires of everyone else in the family. This is like a cooperative living approach. It is different from being child-led. I know a lot of people like to define or you know interchange the terms unschooling and child-led. For me, that's not true. I think if I had an only child or if I had like just two kids, that might be true. But in a family of five kids, you can't be child-led because then it's like you're, you're last on the rung of the ladder and you're getting trampled on and it doesn't work. And, um, and again, I believe that you are doing a disservice to your kids if you do not model appropriate, healthy boundaries. And that includes treating mom and dad like they're people too. So I believe that child-led parenting can create major burnout over time. There's a lot of people that I've have met over the years that are like, oh, I tried unschooling and I'm just, you know, or I'm in the middle of, you know, trying to learn how to unschool, but there, it's just, it's just so much work to keep up with everything they want. And I don't know how to balance it all. And it's like, honey, that is your signal to pull back. You're giving too much. And I get it. Like we want to be there for our people. We want to honor and respect our kids' aut autonomy but it is very possible that we go too far the other way and we are indulging their needs, wants, desires so much that we completely, you know, destroy our own. Like we need enjoyment and breaks and compassion just as much as our children do. So I've gotten pretty far into this without even touching on the concepts of like punishment. And so that'll be for another time. So hope you enjoyed this. I'll talk to you later. Bye.